Thanks to our friends from the circus for that amazing music. Welcome to Airtime, a basketball podcast from two currently very ambitious basketball fans. My name is Vikram. Hey guys, this is Nishrat. If you guys are new listeners, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts: Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, and more. So, Nishrat, let's dive right into it. Why are we feeling currently very ambitious? Well, because we are basically attempting to predict the entire NBA playoffs before even seeing a single game post post sort of the stoppage and the lockdown. So let's dive right in. So uh, last episode we told you what we are doing with uh, the airtime bracket. Again, details in the show notes below. If you guys want to play with us, click on it, fill out your brackets. You have till thirtieth of July to lock it in, and we're all going to go head to head. And the winner of the airtime bracket is going to get a one year free subscription to NBA TV from us. Happy to do it. Nishrat and I are not going to take it, even though Nishrat is super confident that he's going to win it all. Um, but it's still going to be one of you guys that wins it. Uh, last episode, we we last two episodes, in fact, we decided our Western Conference first round seedings as well as our Eastern Conference seedings. Today, we're going to talk about who we think is going to come through that first round and set up our bracket for the semifinals. So, Nishrat, why don't you go first, brother? Yeah, so let's start with the Western Conference and the number one seed, which I'd pick to be the Lakers, taking on the number eight seed, which I'd pick to be the Pelicans. I don't think there's going to be much of a surprise here. I think the Lakers are going to be able to take it pretty easily, but it's definitely going to be an exciting first round series. I think a lot of people are looking to see how, uh, you know, Zion uh, plays against LeBron. You basically got the guy who's been leading the NBA to new frontiers for the last two decades and, you know, Zion, who everybody's picking to be the next superstar so it'll be super exciting to see how they play against each other and i think that's even a matchup that the nba is looking forward to you know so that they get the ratings and the money that they missed out during the the, the, the stoppage of play um during the regular season they had some pretty close games uh, although the lakers won the series 4-0 and even the last game when zion actually played it was you know both lebron and zion scored over 30 it was a great game even though AD Anthony Davis was not in the game so we don't know how Zion will you know play up against him uh you know whether he'll be able to score against him whether you know we know Zion has some problems on the defensive side whether that will be completely uh you know shown to us when he's playing uh the Lakers with AD there but uh overall I think you know easy win for the Lakers but still should give us uh, you know a fun first round matchup I agree with you I think the there's a lot of mostly generated by the media there's this whole like all right, LeBron can go. We have our new LeBron now. And then it's Zion. And then they're trying to build him up as much as possible. But there, there's a big caveat here, which is um, at the time of recording, Zion Williamson is still not in the bubble. He left to be with his family during some um, uh, tragedy that occurred there. So he's with them. And it's unclear whether he's coming back and when he's coming back. And, you know, he might just come back and then he'll probably have to quarantine. And maybe he misses out in the first few games or something. So... Uh, it's 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 pretty much on the balance, and you might have to end up using your one free concession you have uh, on July thirtieth. If if for example, if Zion isn't back by then, will that will that influence your decision to change uh, Pelicans to something like the Blazers? Yeah, for sure. Because I think uh, as we you know we spoken about last episode as well. It's it's you know it's pretty even in terms of who gets into that eighth seed, and I think. The Pelicans losing Zion is going to be very tough for them to get the, even though they have sort of the easiest schedule, it'll still be hard for them to get the number of wins to easily make it through. Uh, especially because for sure, even if they get into the eighth seed, they're going to have, uh, to play a play-in tournament. And I think that's going to be super tough to do. Uh, but obviously we're hoping that Zion makes it back uh, in time. But the main thing is every game is going to be precious during this restart and they can't afford to not have Zion, uh, Zion at the start. 
I agree, dude. That's pretty interesting. So you have Lakers. I think they're pretty clear, regardless of who they come up with, that they're going to at least make it through the first round. And uh, Even game time? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I have Blazers instead of Pelicans in my eighth seed on the West. So they'll end up playing Lakers in my bracket. And uh, I mean, game time or not, dude, it's, it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis on a tear. And they've shown in the regular season what they're capable of. So... Uh, you you basically end up giving LeBron a three month break before the playoffs. That's that's like that's like heaven for him. So he's he's probably going to use these eight games get get into that playoff push mode. And the first team they come across, whoever the eight seed is, are I'm pretty sure going to get demolished. So here's my question, which I think I mean it's it's a question for the Pelicans, but I think more apt for even the Blazers is you know what backcourt are the Lakers going to be playing? So they don't have Rondo, they don't have Avery Bradley. So I mean they're going to be playing what Caruso and Danny Green basically. I'm assuming. Uh, see, they have they have Caruso, they have Danny Green, they got J.R. Smith in, they have uh, KCP uh, who who f- features, and I think he's going to get a lot more minutes than he usually does. So, and then they have LeBron James, the elite point guard. So, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that's a problem for them right now. Well, I mean, just in terms of, you know, running around, guarding guys, like for the, for the Blazers, guard, guarding Dame and guarding McCollum. For, for me, you know, guarding uh, Alonzo, uh, Alonzo Ball, as well as uh, Drew Holiday, who I think also is a pretty good backcourt. So, I mean, that might, that, that might be the one area we might be able to pose some problems. I, I can see, I can see Danny Green jumping in, especially on the defensive side of things, to take up uh, uh, one of these major uh, guards, at least like a Dame or a McCollum from Blazers, and maybe a um, uh, Alonzo Ball or someone there, because he's he's really good in the defensive end. That's that's actually where his true value comes out. He's like a three and D type of guy. So I think that would be it. Alex Caruso is pretty scrappy. We've seen that. I haven't seen too much. Um, like magnificence from him when it comes to defense, but he kind of gets the job done. Kyle Kuzma is someone who's probably not going to be on the floor when these guys are playing because he's he's notorious for being a really loose defender. So I I, I don't think it's going to be too big of a problem. And coupled with the might that they have at the offensive end, I think I think it shouldn't be a problem, man. I think they'll they'll coast through the first round. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I think in any case, seeing the Lakers and the Pelicans just in a lot of ways would definitely add to more drama. Not only is it Zion versus LeBron, but basically it's Anthony Davis playing against his ex-team, right? So a lot of players, I mean, they, they'll probably be the teams in terms of the players who know each other the best. You know, Lonzo Ball was in the Lakers. You got Brandon Ingram who's finally become a superstar or right. is on his way to becoming a superstar. So there'll be a lot of rivalries, a lot of more information, you know, information about each other's teams. So from a drama perspective, definitely, Looking forward to the Lakers and Pelicans being that first round series. Oh yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, man! Just that that fifty thousand player team trade swap that they did uh, <laughs> in in the middle for AD essentially. That there was a lot of uh, to and fro between players from Lakers and Pelicans. So I I, I see that I see that happening. I think uh, Lonzo Ball especially should have probably has and even Brandon Ingram probably have a bone to pick with the Lakers just because of the acrimonious exit that they had. And uh, that's a big word. But that's a big word. It's my word of the day after currently ambitious. It's acrimonious. So it, I, I think so too. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, like what I all said and done, all the drama aside, when it comes to pure basketball, there's no like, there's no like fan, there's no home away game or any of that system. So there's no, there's no like impact that the fans can have. It's just pure basketball on the court. And I'm pretty sure Lakers are going to be dominant when it comes to that. Okay. So we both got the Lakers taking that, uh, one to eight. A one versus eight series in the West. Yep. Now I'm going to pick up, uh, you know, the two seed versus the seven seed. So basically, we got the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Um, and I think, you know, this is going to be a fun game. I think the Clippers are, you know, they've had, they have the series uh, lead during the regular season. They, they uh, had two wins against them. 
Um, I do love the Mavs a lot. I love Luka Doncic. I think he's going to be a massive superstar. I mean, he already is one, but he's going to keep uh, getting to even bigger heights. And it'll be really exciting to see him on the playoffs. Uh, he's, I don't think he's going to have the problem with the other lots of, you know, new playoff contenders because, you know, he may not have played the playoffs in the NBA, but he's basically been playing big time games in the Euro League since he was like three. So, so I think, <laughs> so I think he'll be pretty used to the, you know, to the kind of pressure and I, he might even actually get more uh, excited by it. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the Mavs will be healthy, but again, you're telling me you've got Kawhi Leonard, playoff Kawhi Leonard, and you got Paul George and the, a team that is as deep as the Clippers. Yeah. I just don't see them being able to come, uh, you know, go over them. They might be, I think they'll win one game. They might be able to win two, but I think that'll be sort of the limit. Pretty much in the same boat here, man. I do agree though that Luca and Porzingis now fully fit and back together and all. They're definitely sleepers when it comes to, uh, someone who could make a deep run, but probably won't like one of those picks. It's just unfortunate that they're coming up against the Clippers, man. We saw Kawhi last year with the, with when it comes to playoffs, what he's capable of. We've seen it before when he was in the Spurs as well. And uh, him now finally combining with Paul George, both healthy, both had time to heal and like just like in a better physical state, I'm assuming. When it comes to the playoffs, Doc Rivers with his experience, the depth of the team you know Lou Williams and Pat Bev and stuff like that it's it's a it's a tall order for uh, the Mavs so yeah I agree I see the Mavs not coming through the Clippers coming through it's unfortunate I would have loved to see the Mavs on in in some some other bracket so that they they would have a better chance maybe against the Nuggets or the Jazz or someone like that but uh, the way we've set up our first round for uh, the Western Conference we have Mavericks in the seventh and Clippers are going to be in the second so yep Clippers for me too I think basically the best chance that the Mavericks have is to just do really well during those eight games and somehow, you know, go over the thunder so they play, so they face the Nuggets. Otherwise, I don't see them getting out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, that is possible, theoretically. And it, it's kind of probable as well, right? They're a game and a half behind the thunder. So it's it's uh, thunder and Rockets are both at nine and a half games behind and uh, Mavs are at 11. So if Mavs just go, just go beast mode and basically win as much as they can and leapfrog the Nuggets... Then that puts them, uh, sorry, leapfrogs the Thunder. Then that that puts them against the Nuggets, and I would give give them a better shot at winning against the Nuggets. But the Clippers and the way we've set it up, I, I don't see it. All right. So speaking now that we've got the Clippers uh, going through from the two versus seven seed, uh, and speaking of the Nuggets, the next uh, match that we have on the West is the Nuggets against the Thunder. Um, so again, here uh, I think it's going to be really really close. I think it'll be a very very tight game. The Thunder will have a lot of rest, which will obviously work really well for somebody like Chris Paul, who's sort of getting on there in age, and he's had a great season so far. During the regular season, they've tied their series at 1-1, one and one, and they will play each other again in the eight games that go on, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but I think it depends a lot on what we see with Skinny Jokic, right? So there are two ways this can go. One is that even though Steven Adams is a great center, if somehow Jokic suddenly realizes he can jump, and the sky is the limit, literally. <laughs> I mean, I don't see anybody. It'd be really hard to stop him if he suddenly realizes that he can jump. And he like comes out and he's doing like insanely athletic windmill dunks and shit. I don't know what people are going to do. <laughs> I don't think he'll be doing athletic windmill dunks. But I'm, like a spring in the step makes a massive difference. And, you know, it, I'm, I'm looking forward. I've, I've been watching like all of these team practice videos and stuff like that. I cannot wait to see like this new look Jokic and what that translates to. Because it's... 
it's such a coin flip in terms of what he's going to be. Is he going to be the same Jokic? Because that's actually, I feel like, going to be detrimental because he used to use his body and his strength a lot in the in the game we used to see him play on the court, right? So if he's lost some of that strength, but he still tries to play the same sort of st- strategic way he plays, then that might be a that might be a downside to that. So he probably needs to adapt his new sort of physique and new strength levels to a different type of gameplay. Uh, to be able to extract the most juice from it, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's pretty unclear here. I just, given their playoff experience, the, you know, the past two or three years, Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic uh, specifically have combined really well, and even in the playoffs, they've done a good job. Uh, going against the Thunder, who I actually respect a lot, I really like that three guard rotation that they've set up with Paul and uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and uh, Dennis Schroeder. It kind of throws a lot of teams off with. Stephen Adams, that big towering center in the middle. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's this, this series actually made me scratch my head a lot because there's so much uncertainty around it. So just given past precedence and our excitement of skinny Jokic, I'm just going to give it to the Nuggets. What about you? See, being the prophet that I am, I'm going to say that this goes to seven games and the Thunder somehow pull it through. Because I oh. think apart from Jokic sort of being the question mark on how he plays, because of that three-guard rotation that the Thunder have, I think a large sort of part of this is going to fall on that backcourt. You know, they've got Jamal Murray playing there as well. Right. And Murray, I mean, he is an off-and-on player, right? Like, if he's great, he's amazing. But you need to get him in that mindset. And the break might even be detrimental for him uh, because I think it takes him a while to get there. and You don't know what you're going to get. So, taking that into account and Chris Paul being the savvy veteran, how well he's played, I'm actually going to give the Thunder uh, that, uh, give it to the Thunder that they take this in seven games. Ooh, our first difference in opinion. I like it. I like it. So, you have, and, and do you want to stick with your seven game prophecy or do you, do you want to keep like that as a loose standard? No, everything, nothing I say is a loose standard. If I'm wrong, <laughs> then just the stars were misaligned. <laughs> All right, that's pretty interesting. So according to you, then it's going to be um, the Thunder versus the Clippers in round two. Yes, that okay. is correct. Very interesting. All right, it's going to be Nuggets versus the Clippers for me. All right, so then all that's left on the West is the Rockets versus the Jazz, which also I think is a very interesting matchup because uh, you have basically the small ball Rockets against the Jazz who've got that big towering center. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's going to be... Tough to see if small ball can actually win out. Uh, the Rockets did go 2-1 and one, uh, in the regular season. But I think only one of those games were when they were actually playing with the small ball Rockets. Um, and the, the Jazz team, like I said, uh, they've also got a good backcourt. They've got Mike Conley. They've got Spider Mitchell. So those guys are really going to need to show up if they can even make this sort of a strong battle. Um, but I think even this one is going to go about six or seven games. But I'm going to give the edge to the Rockets. I think stopping Harden and stopping Westbrook Again, assuming Westbrook is back, he's healthy, he's playing really well. I think that's going to be super hard to do. I agree, dude. I'm, I'm, I have the same assumptions in mind. I'm assuming that Westbrook's probably back at some point uh, before even the regular season kicks off. They use that those eight games to get to some like good level of fitness and stuff. And then come the playoff against the Jazz, I see them running riot, dude. Small ball, just running circles around Rudy Gobert, him not being able to do much and... Uh, what what uh, a lot of teams did uh, against the Jazz, which was pretty damaging to them to sort of negate this uh, defensive prowess that Rudy Gobert has is kind of screen and roll and pick and roll and get him out to the three-point line so that that center area where he's very, very dominant in terms of blocks and rebounds and stuff, 
gets a little negated. So if the if the if the Rockets can manage to do that a bunch where they they pull Rudy Gobert out of that center to the perimeter and that just opens like these lanes for them to drive in, then Westbrook and Harden are just going to go ham, dude. So I actually think Rockets are going to be a clear winner. Obviously, the caveat being that Westbrook is back and uh, and and healthy and joined up with the team and stuff like that. So yeah, and I think I think what you said is interesting, especially with the small ball Rockets, because they basically basically I probably gonna have PJ Tucker playing the center, and he and he is like a really good three point <laughs> shooter, right? So Gobert is going to have to go out to try to defend him. Yeah, imagine and PJ Tucker like just like trying to post up against Gobert. I'm trying to picture that. It just like seems like so funny. <laughs> but also, but then the thing is like, do you think the Jazz are going to change it up and just give Gobert the ball a lot more inside, and then like the pressure is on Gobert to somehow suddenly start playing really good offense? <laughs> I, I think that's like the worst idea because offense has never been a strong suit, right? So if they end up like, if that's their call, that that means the Jazz is already going to crumble. And I mean, the the other side is they also don't have Bogey, right? Boyan Bogdanovic is injured. He's not yeah. going to be playing. So they're already down uh, a re- really strong part of that starting lineup. Um, and they're going to have Ingles basically starting. Who I mean, he's he's great at hold. Uh, you know, at, uh, he's a good shooter, even though he had a bit of a slump. He's also a great uh, second sort of point guard on the team. So. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I think both you and I are aligned that the Rockets, the small ball Rockets, take it. I agree, dude. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, even if uh, Ingles is like their playmaker, ball carrier, Rodi Gobert, I mean, not much to sort of expect from him on the offensive end. Maybe like a few offensive rebounds a quarter or something like that. But beyond that, I mean, just the way the Rockets score, dude, and if James Harden comes back the same James Harden and he's just shooting threes, whether... Mitchell's guarding him or Ingles or Rudy Gobert. I mean, I don't see them stopping here. So, yeah, the Rockets take it for me. And so, just to wrap up, then our West second round set- setup looks like Lakers versus Rockets, which I'm looking forward to. And for me, it's Nuggets versus Clippers. And for you, it's the Thunder versus Clippers. Exactly. Ooh, interesting. All right, let's move to the East. All right, yeah. So, the East, uh, let's start again with the one seed versus the eight. This is pretty easy. Uh, I actually had the Wizards making it through the eighth seed somehow. Um, but, but the Bucks, I think that'll be a pretty easy victory for them. The Bucks at this point would have played a few games. You know, uh, Giannis would be into the groove. I think it'll be super easy for them to take a, you know, basic four zip win and go to the semifinals. So I don't see this being much of an issue for the Bucks and a pretty easy win. I agree, dude. I have the nuts, nets instead of uh, the wizards in my eighth seed in the west in the in the east. I don't see that making a difference at all. You come come up against the bucks, whether you're the nets or the wizards, I don't see a difference. I have the bucks going through as well. All right, so that was easy. Um, looking at the two versus the seven, uh, it's the Raptors taking on the Magic. So the Raptors have easily beaten the Magic in all three matchups that they've played. Uh, they have a great defense. Uh, the Magic at times do struggle to sort of get their points together. And obviously the Raptors are super deep and they're going to be super healthy. Well, we hope so. They're healthy now and we're hoping that no injuries happen in the bubble. And they're healthy by the t- time they come to the playoffs as well. So I think this will also be a pretty easy victory for the Raptors. Uh, I think for the Magic, guys like Vucevic uh, and uh, Gordon have been playing well, but you know, the Raptors have got a great defense. You've got Mark Gasol who'll be back healthy. I think which which is going to have a hard time. Even Gordon, you're going to have probably Serge Ibaka playing in there. Um, I think it'll be tough, really tough for the Magic. And I see the Raptors winning this pretty easily. I completely agree. It's it's For me, it's as straightforward as a call uh, as it was for the Bucks and the Nets. I think Raptors are just a very well-drilled unit. And breaking them down is really, really hard. I, I can totally see them making a deep run in the Eastern Conference playoffs and uh, overcoming the Magic should not be a challenge at all for all the reasons that you mentioned. So I have the Raptors going through as well. 
Okay, here I think is, uh, then we have the Celtics against the Pacers, uh, which is a three seed versus a six seed. Um, this is, I think, is going to be an interesting matchup. Would have been more interesting if Oladipo had actually been playing. But given that he's out, I think it'll still be a close game. Uh, the, in the, in this regular season series, they've tied one and one. And apart from the last one, they've basically been without Oladipo the, uh, you know, the entire season. Um, and that was actually the last, so that, that Celtics versus Pacers game was actually the last game that any of these two played. Uh, so, and that, so that we got to see a good idea of how they were playing. So this was basically the Celtics when they were at their, you know, they were at their peak when Tatum was having that great run. The Celtics were playing really well. And even then, it was a pretty close game against the Pacers. So even with Oladipo out, I think we can see a pretty good matchup here. I think this will be one of the first games in the first round series of the East where, you know, you'll see both teams winning a few games. Uh, I still see the Celtics taking it. Uh, you know, they're, they're obviously much deeper. They've got a great young core. But I think the Pacers will give them some trouble, maybe able to win about two games or so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the whole thing around Victor Oladipo is so, there's just so much uncertainty about it. I think now he's currently in the bubble, he's practicing with the team, but he's still on the fence, quote-unquote, reconsidering his decision. And uh, uh, I think the coach uh, just made a statement saying that he expects him to be in the lineup, but Victor Oladipo hasn't confirmed, he's not sure. I think it's more about him recovering from his injury and using this time to just, just recover from it as opposed to just coming through. So, um, that's, that's, there is uncertainty around it, but I would, with or without Oladipo, I would still give this to the Celtics. Um, I agree with everything that you said, man. These guys were on a tear. I'm very, very, very hopeful of uh, Jason Tatum sort of hitting that same level eventually that he did before the season got suspended. And just that cast around him as well, man, like Jalen Brown and uh, we have... Uh, Kemba Walker in there and I, I, Baines, Aaron Baines was doing super well as well. So I think I think this is going to be the Celtic series uh, regardless of Oladipo playing. I mean, I think uh, I agree and I'm going to give it to the Celtics but I think the Pacers could come out to be the dark horse and they were for me before I heard that Oladipo might not be playing. I really, I love DeMontas Sabonis so, uh, and, you know, I think it's going to be, and Miles, with Miles Turner playing, they're going to be a very tough team, uh, you know, inside with their big men. And Oladipo being there with Brogdon, hopefully being healthy, I think they could give a lot of trouble to the Celtics. But yeah, I still see the Celtics clinching it. All right. So that sets up Celtics versus Raptors for us in the second round. Yep. That should also be an exciting series. That would we'll be, be a great, time. great series. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then now that takes us to the four and five seed. And I think this is going to be probably, at least for me, I think one of the funnest and most exciting series in the first round, which is yeah. going to be the Heat taking on the 76ers. Um, first of all, during the regular season, the Heat did go three and one against the Sixers. Uh, as you know, the Sixers didn't live up to the exact hype we had before the season started. Um, but most of them are pretty competitive games, including an overtime game. So you know that this matchup is going to be close. The Sixers have partly listened to what I was saying beforehand, where they're trying to now, they're saying they're going to try Ben Simmons at power forward. So not really my Ben Simmons at center and Joel Embiid at point guard direction, but they're getting there. You know, maybe they're slowly testing out the waters. Richard, just um, a disclaimer, this is nowhere close to your prediction. Your prediction was one rotation with Ben Simmons in center and the other rotation is Joel Embiid on point guard. Hey, which... if that even happens once with Joel Embiid <laughs> running down and, uh, and being the floor leader on the floor and uh, Simmons being the you... big only big man on the floor, I'm going to count my prediction yeah. of success. All right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, oh. not like Nostradamus exactly predicted what was going to happen right it's 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 open to interpretation <laughs> fair enough fair enough all right so what do you have for the series <laughs> um yeah so i actually see the miami heat winning because i think i mean the 76ers uh, again have a very talented team they could 
like we said, go both ways. They could sort of go super deep or just sort of uh, flutter out in the first round. But I think the Heat are a bad matchup for them, uh, which is exactly why the, the Heat have also won most of the game during the regular season. They've got, you know, you got Joel Embiid at, as the center, but then on the other side to defend him, you basically got Bam Adebayo and you got Miles Leonard who's injured and, and who's, who's back from his injury. So it's going to be really tough for Joel Embiid inside. I don't think he'll be able to dominate as much as he would against probably a few other teams. Um, you've got Jimmy Butler who basically knows the ins and outs of the Philadelphia 76er team. You're going to have the teams living in the same hotel together and I'm not going to put it past Butler to like play some mind games with them uh, and even if the games are super close I'm going to give it to Jimmy Buckets right he's going to be the one who'll probably be the favorite to pull it through and the other part of it is is that Miami is the best three-point shooting team in the NBA and the 76 are about middle of the pack defending the three-point so just from a matchup perspective the Heat just have so much of an advantage that I that I see them taking it yeah dude I agree man this one is Super tough. I struggled with this one the most out of all the all the eight picks between uh, that we had to choose from. I think this is also going to be the match of the first round or the the, the series of the first round to keep an eye out on because these two teams are so close together. And uh, before the season would have started, I think this would have been no brainer seventy sixers pick. But just from what we saw, uh, a being the unreliability within the seventy sixers with Embiid with with uh, Ben Simmons without one of them with both of them on the floor it was just a shit show and it was it it, it feel like it felt like the team is deteriorated as compared to previous seasons which is absurd to even fathom right and um, now I'm just very curious to see what this Ben Simmons power forward apparently he's been shooting a lot of threes so uh, we've been hearing that for about a year and a half now and all we got was, I think, one three-pointer in the entire regular season that we saw this year. So I don't know what that means, that he's shooting more threes, whether that's actually going to translate to something. And uh, it's just there's just so much unreliability with that team. And then the, the season that the Heat had, it's, it's I think this is like one of the, one of the, like my favorite sort of underdog seasons that I've seen in a long time where you don't expect too much from a team and then, this Jimmy Butler moving like three teams in two years. Will he gel? Will he not gel? And they come out and like Bam Adebayo and Kendrick Nunn and all these guys are killing it. So uh, it, it this one's a doozy, dude. It's like a coin flip for me. And uh, just because you went with the heat here, uh, just to add some differentiation in our brackets, I'm just going to pick the 76ers. Ah, going against the profit, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so that sets up Bucks versus 76ers for me in the second round and Celtics versus Raptors. And that's Bucks versus Heat for you and Celtics versus Raptors. Remains and the other, the other reason I like the Heat winning this, I think the Bucks versus Heat is going to also be a great series and probably on the biggest sort of challenges the Bucks will face. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm already reconsidering my 76ers pick just because I keep having flashes of uh, Jimmy Buckets just... Last minute of the game, they're six points down and he's just like scrapping his way through those points and like stealing balls and like uh, blocking shots and like fouling people and maybe biting someone's <laughs> ear off. I don't even know, dude. Like, that guy's feisty when it comes to like the last, like the, 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 the death. So I don't know. I'm still reconsidering it. I think uh, I, I can totally see my pick uh, failing after one 76ers game. Like that optic test of seeing that. <laughs> That the first 76ers game is just going to be enough to help me understand whether I made the right pick or not. So, I mean, coin toss and I just threw it out there and 
hope for the best dude if you can somehow convince the 76ers to follow my advice right then you've got it then you've got it locked up uh, I mean, bro i'm telling you, you I, I, I sent brett brown your uh, snippet man i don't know if he heard it or not i mean i tweeted it to him but that's that's all i can do <laughs> honestly i don't have much reach within that team unfortunately so yeah, that wraps up our first round picks for both the Eastern and the Western Conference. Uh, let us know what you guys think and uh, do set up your own brackets. Again, all the details are going to be in the show notes. All you need to do is click on the Google form link, fill out your bracket, submit it. We're going to have it in uh, some version for you guys to see so that you can look at other people's brackets and see how you guys are competing against each other. And just to reiterate, it's one point per correct pick in the first round, two points per correct pick in the second round. Four points for the correct pick in the conference finals, eight points for the correct pick in the NBA finals, and 16 points for picking the correct winner. And uh, the winner is going to be uh, whoever has the most sum total points here. And uh, Nishrit and I are just, because we're being extra ambitious and extra prophetic, uh, if that's a word, here, because we're setting up our brackets way before the 30th deadline that we've set for you guys, we're going to give each other one concession per round to change things around because even at the day of recording right now, which is the 22nd of July, we still don't know who's playing, who's not, when Westbrook's coming back, is Zion coming back, is Oladipo playing. All of these things are still up in the air. So we're going to give each other uh, basically the next seven or eight days to uh, lock in our bracket as well. But I think we have it there pretty much, uh, I would say about 90 to 95%. So I don't see too many picks changing here. Unless something absurd comes out of the blue, like Kawhi Leonard drops out of the bubble. I've probably not even watched the season then, but I mean, just as an example. <laughs> so yeah, that wraps up this episode of the Airtime Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Again, catch us wherever you guys get your podcasts. And we will catch you guys in the next episode where we're going to break down our round two and conference finals picks for this Airtime Bracket. Catch you guys then. Bye-bye. See ya.